Retro Rebel Gamecast is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebels release every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to TempleofGeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcast. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Hello. And you know what? In my notes, I even have that it's released Fridays. Not every Friday. Strategically. For... <laughs> Weeks like last week where it wasn't released. So. Um, but anywho, so how are things? How have you been? What have you been playing? Listen, I've been playing the best game. And by been playing, I mean have played, have beaten. And I think I've done almost all of the side quests as well. Not all of them, but I did every side quest that I came into contact with. And I picked up every quest that I could in the Outer Worlds, nice. uh, which is a absolutely fabulous new game that sort of has Barbarella Fallout 4 vibes. Um, It's a really fantastic game. I dumped probably about 40 hours into the overall sort of experience, including side quests that I did. Very nice. Um, And I found the choices to be quite polarizing. Um, There's no clear winner. In fact, some choices that I made that I thought I was doing the quote-unquote right thing when I was doing them, uh, when I got to the end, I found out that actually that that seemed to have not worked at all. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, the ending is really, really cool. I went back and played it through the ending part three times from a earlier save, which enabled me to see three slightly different outcomes. Yeah. Um, there was there was the very first ending. I had taken the wrong party member along uh, when yeah. I got to the final mission. They disagreed with the action that my character intended to take. So yeah. when I got to the end and they weren't with me, I was upset that they weren't with me. So I wanted to go back through, take yeah. a different you know one, and see if that still happened. Uh, it does, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Whether they're there or not. Yeah, yeah because if you if you don't um, make what those side characters believe is the right choice stroke if you didn't do their side missions or enough of their side missions or talk to them enough or something know. yeah it's it's kind of hard to tell whether or not you've earned people's favor my one criticism I will say with the game after having beaten it is that I would have liked video ending scenes instead of picture ending Uh, scenes it ends very much like dragon age and um mass effect where it's more of like just pictures of what happened which i kind of liked a little bit less than a a full and enhanced video ending i think i would have enjoyed that slightly more um and then the other criticism is there isn't much to do with the companions in general you know like they right they just they don't do much they're really really good in a fight in fact i leveled them up and bought sort of skills that worked with them to the point where they were dealing more damage than i was and i was just kind of letting them just wipe things and i just sort of sit back and snipe from a distance and right they'd clear the field which is kind of a more fun way to play <laughs> after a yeah. while i just started maxing out my persuasion skills and my like tech skills so then i could get into everything right away um but you also can't play the game after it ends which, ah, okay, so there's no... Yeah. yeah, there's no end game. It's just over, and then you start over from the last save. You can't keep going, which kind of sucks because there were a couple places I came into contact with earlier in the game that had yeah. rooms I couldn't get into because my skill wasn't high enough at the time, and I would have liked 
to be able to go back after beating the game and just really master complete everything. You know what I mean? Right, like talk right. to every named NPC, see if there was any quests that I missed, blah, blah, blah. But they do tell you to do that, sort of, before you go into it. But I thought that was a preparatory thing because it's more like, <laughs> are you ready to take this on? And I'm like, F, yeah, I am. You know? Right, like, but that's kind of like the Mass Effect thing where they're like, okay, if you, but they didn't, like in Mass Effect, three i think they tell you or two they tell you if you do this you can't go back like once you've done this that's it you know it will you know they in so many words yeah they didn't make that so clear you know i seemed to believe regardless of whatever (laughs) it was they said that uh there was gonna be i could go back to the world and do more things after the fact but the ending of the game the stuff that you learn about sort of makes it clear why you can't do that but it right. still sort of sucks because now I'm not really sure at what save right. I would want to go and load the game back in because there are a couple missions before you get to the end that really have a huge impact on how it all plays out. And right. one of the ending missions is super damn annoying. So wow. it's like I don't even know if I would necessarily want to play that mission again. Yeah. Um. Another concern that I have is that because I went back and did things my character wouldn't normally do as the last things I did on a save, that if there is DLC, it's going to take those decisions with. Right. I hope it lets me pick what the ending I wanted was. Do you know what I mean? Like the ending I first got, because otherwise it's going to be really like the very last ending I did, I was trying to be the absolute worst. You know, like, I, I just, <laughs> just wanted to, to see, see yeah, I wanted to see what would happen if I just went total bad faction and just lost my mind. And it was great, man. The ending I got on that, holy macaroni. Like, really? <laughs> <woo-hoo>! <laughs> Yikes. But yeah. that's my now, that's not my last save. So ah, if they do DLC, yeah. I'm the world's biggest dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With no friends. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's a great game. I think it's definitely got some things it needs improving on. I definitely wanted an end game or the ability to go and sort of finish out everything. I always like it when a game gives you the chance to be the big man after it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. To walk through a town and people are like, oh. I think Fable did that where you yeah, could they go did. after. You the- basically could just live after that. Yeah, that was fabulous. I bloody enjoyed that. They were like, oh, it's the blah, 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 whatever they called you. It was yeah. Brilliant. It's great. <laughs> well, it depended on what you did. You yeah. could be. They could all run from you. Or they could but, all run from you. But you know, that's it's fine. I think I had seven marriages after the game ended. I think nice. I tried to marry in someone in towns. every town. Yeah, right. um, that that's cool. No, uh, Outer Worlds, fabulous game. It's uh, included with Game Pass if you haven't used the free trial or the cheap one dollar thing. It's definitely worth getting for this game alone save you about 50 bucks you know so yeah well worth it 10 out of 10 i hope for dlc that's what i've been doing nice i i I, well yours is a review mine's more of an impression uh i've played probably five or six hours of it so far and uh, i'm on the first planet that you land on uh i and and i've got my first uh companion and so I'm I'm uh, basically there's a there's a quest in town where you have to I had, I picked up all the side quests and the last side quest I picked up was from the vicar and the vicar asks you to go you know get this book and he starts explaining things and then someone tells you or or she your companion tells you maybe things aren't on the up and up you know with the vicar or that this just feels weird in this church it's the only building that's clean basically <laughs> So I guess what I'm saying is I like the way that the world's put together. And I'll tell you what, there is a huge Firefly influence on this game. Huge Firefly influence. In fact, I would go as far to say as the ship that you get on that that doesn't that has the AI that I imagine is your ship eventually. Because uh, I haven't taken off with it yet. Right. But the ship that you eventually get, I, bl- I would almost say, I would almost guarantee that the layout of that ship is the same as the serenity same if you look at you can go where the engine room is you can come out where the catwalk is and you go down into the basically like the garage area that opens up into the and that's like where they always met that's where they kept their cargo 
Um, now the and the uh, the dining room area, kitchen area, exact almost exactly the same layout where the table is and they sit. And the only reason I know that is because I've watched these episodes probably dozens of times. Like I've watched that whole season. Right. I can't. I can't imagine it. So I'm just taking your word for it. Right. And and somebody can correct me in the comments. But they just uh, the 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 kitchen and the and the engine room and the uh, uh, cargo area almost exactly the same layout you know probably different enough so that they don't get sued or whatever but there is uh there is it's definitely a a solid homage and in fact i think i'd seen in a in another review that they even there there is even a character that kind of plays out like kaylee oh yeah yeah, yeah, you know the naive uh uh naive mechanic and and she sounds just like her in a way she's just she'll say she's very perky (laughs) And and uh, but also kind of naive anyway. Um, and I loved that because I loved Firefly. I was a huge fan of the show. And I love that aesthetic and that that vibe that you get from from the world. It's like it is a Western in space. So it's grounded in kind of like our own science and rules for the most part. Um, maybe the weapons aren't necessarily, but, uh, you know. And then uh, another thing I wanted to say about the game, again, the impression. I, I've i played all the Fallouts. I think I played Fallout 2 was the first one I ever played, and, and I, which I actually liked Fallout 2 more than I liked Fallout 3. And I think it was because it was kind of a, almost a top-down Diablo style, and and Fallout 3 was bigger, and, and uh, which I liked Fallout 3, but Fallout 4, it just was almost too big. In a way, it reminded me a lot of Skyrim, where I was immediately, I wasn't necessarily lost, but I was just disinterested. I didn't want to go play in the world. I didn't care. I think I full completionist both Skyrim and all the Fallout. I think you did. I think you did. And and pro- part of it for I've, me I've wasn't that I spent my time game. unwisely in some instances <laughs> from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, that's only like two or three hundred hours worth, okay? that's not that. That's not that much. Yeah, okay, that's, that's a lot. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, what could you do with 200 hours of learning no, how to play the guitar? Probably a fair bit, you know what I mean? I'm just saying that it was, if you enjoyed it and you got some joy out of that, that it was time well spent. I did. Do you want to know some funny things about the game that aren't spoilers, but I think maybe not everyone would uh, run into them? Um, at one point, when you go into your ship, at least for me, there was just some cows in the hold don't know how they got there don't know what they were doing there they were gone the next time i went in the ship don't know what that was about (laughs) just some cows okay yeah um and if you pay attention uh later on when you unlock the full ship and there's a autonomous crew member that you can uh activate yeah the AI and the autonomous crew member have a very interesting relationship that really? if you if you walk into the room where she where the AI is, they'll stop yeah. talking to each other. But if you just stand outside and listen, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you know, you know and, and, and I liked I've I've loved the humor so far. You can definitely tell I mean I laughed I, I kinda chuckled. I haven't I don't think I laughed out loud, but I've chuckled out loud. At some of the the corporate things that they'll say, uh, you know, uh, Spacer's Choice stuff, all of the Spacer's Choice. Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't even, like, caught the half of them. Bloody hell. They're, oh, I, I won't spoil that part. What I can say is there is a side mission that will send you to find powerful science weapons. Yeah. Uh-huh. And this is not a spoiler more than it is some guidance. So yeah. the weapons are the coolest looking weapons available in the game. They are Barbarella to the nth degree. They look like pew pew shooters and like big old railed laser guns and stuff. They're way cooler than any other weapon you can get. However, without a very detailed respec of your character, they are basically useless. Oh wow. Okay. So what I what I did was I collected all the weapons, I stored them in the ship. And then yeah. during one of my final playthroughs, I went to the respec machine in the ship and respec my character in order to use one of the weapons. Right. Uh, and then I beat the game with one of the science weapons, which is nice. 
dope and dope dope and a half because you can't do like loads of damage so if you respect your character with like really heavy persuade and like tech skills and stuff when you get towards yeah. the end of the game in the last mission you'll kind of know what skills you need to have at 100 in order to pass through without having to really kill anybody and then you can finish the but game see, I always a pew pew I was going to say I always build my character high charisma high persuade um and so I've I've struggled really because in in a good way to know where to put my talents. I've always felt like part of what I didn't understand is that they simplified the stuff in in Fallout 3 and 4 almost to the point where I didn't understand where I was putting my how how my my skill points were really going to ultimately affect me in the game. And it seems like even though there, I have a lot of options, and or that that I, I, I maybe I have seven or eight skills, but each one of those have subset of skills underneath it. And so, if I put in for, um, I can't remember what the actual skill is, but it has persuade and lying and everything on it. If you put something in that one, um, I get I I got a an idea of what that exactly is going to do for me. I was actually most confused by the the one-handed and two-handed melee weapons. I was like, "Holy shit, that's actually a thing in this game?" because it didn't it didn't strike me as a game where I was going to go around with a club or a, a sword, but they make it work. They make oh, the it work for you. The plasma sword is sexy. Sexy. <laughs> I use that a lot of the time. And actually, when you're inside a building, it's way easier to use a sword than it is anything else, really, because yeah. the corridors are quite narrow. So you can just right. kind of swing and whatever. I mean, I, I wasn't very fancy, but I think what is probably a good tip for people who are not very far in the game is to um, use the thing where you can level up all three of them at once per point until you get to, to 50. Right. Yeah. In, in the skills and then think about leveling at least one of the persuadey type skills and one of the sciencey type skills up to yeah. 100 both of those because later on in the game some skill checks will require two skills above 80 oh wow okay so it like and it very specifically one of each of those now depending right. on what your choices are you might not have picked the right one that you know so i can't really tell you but um i think i did um persuade and tech both up to 100 and one of the checks was persuade 100 tech 80 so you know <laughs> it right, wouldn't have right. worked without that precise combination and it allowed me to get a very very different type of ending Oh, so wow. okay. it's definitely one of the things that I would consider doing. And actually, when I went back and respect my character, because my companions were doing so much damage, I kind of just took all my damage skills out. <laughs> <laughs> because there's a way that you can stealth the entire ending thing. If you're well, I noticed that. I I, can you stealth kill? I mean, I know we've spent a lot of time on this game, but can you stealth kill? Later on, you won't need to. Okay. Well, because like I had stealth was one of my higher skills, even though I didn't know if I needed it or not. Yeah. No. 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 Like it's not a spoiler. Like very early on, just a little bit later than what you are, you get a disguise machine. Okay. So, the disguise machine requires you to do persuasion or whatever skill rolls in order yeah. to maintain your disguise. But that literally means you don't have to kill anybody. You just kind of got to be efficient about where you're going around because the longer and the more times your disguise gets found out the higher the role needs to be for you to maintain it right okay that makes sense but yeah you could i very rarely killed anybody uh yeah. if i wasn't out in a world you know what i mean but if i was like doing a mission that you know had the option to use the disguise thingy i'd not have to kill anyone Nice. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to playing more. That it's it's been fantastic so far. Uh, it, it's hooked me, and I, maybe it's just because it's it's more in space and not the the throwback, you know, the 50s, but in the future of, of Fallout. That maybe that's helped. Um, I, I can't I can't say for sure, but I've really enjoyed it so far. Can't wait to play more. Um, it will be a game I finish maybe before the end of the year. It's going to be up there for uh, some award. Uh, during our show, I'm sure. So, 
Um, there's another game though that uh, well, I've been playing World of Warcraft uh, as well. But of course, you, was that the only game that you've played? Uh, well, I beat that, so now I'm playing Elder Scrolls Online again briefly and uh, nice. Gears of War Five. But I haven't made much progress in either, so not much to report. Right. <laughs> well, I I did the uh, the training with Baird. Uh, in in <laughs> that's as far as I've gotten in uh, Gears of War. I'm, 5, I'm so. on Act Two. Okay. So far, it is meh. It's fine. It's a Gears game. It's a Gears game, and that's kind of what I got. And I I really wanted to play it more with my son because we can co-op. But I'm gonna tell you what. Maybe it's because we're recording today. We're recording on my birthday, and I'm older. And um, but my son's TV is inadequate for my eyes. Uh, for split screen, I'm like, we need a son. You need a 70 inch TV in here so that we can actually play. <laughs> How did they even Listen, do it? Listen, I in was the day? I was doing a split screen co op, and I've got a 55 inch, and I was like, this is so small. <laughs> yeah, it's that's trash. It's like this, and this is it's not even close to that. It's probably half that size. And I was like, nah, I we, we may not be able to do this. We we may have to play in in my room, son, <laughs> because this is not gonna. <laughs> This is not going to work for me. I can, well, and even it, I know it's it's terrible. I couldn't even read the script because the the writing in the other worlds is small. And I was like, I was sitting maybe eight feet, ten feet from the screen. I couldn't see it. I was like, I can't really read that. Yeah, we had the same feet. problem on the tutorial on Gears of War because we started it off split screen. We mm -hmm. had both controllers logged in, and so that means it was half screen, half size tutorial tips, and we were real struggling to read it. Like, to read wow. It. <laughs> like, what does that say? Throw yeah. grenade and do what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'll just maybe, I don't, whatever. Let's go. Um,. Well, there's a there's another game that's on Game Pass that I really want to play, and maybe if you have time, you can play it as well. So, it's called After Party, and it's made by it was it was released by the same developer that did Oxenfree, right? Um, so it's the same style in terms of like uh, kind of side scrolling in a way. Um, it's got its own very specific art style, um, essentially or ultimately, it's like a it's a night out. And of drinking and you're with your friend and there are a lot of these, you know, you know, like an oxen free, you had these dialogue options and dialogue choices and sometimes just dialogue that would happen as you're walking around with your companions, like a, a conversation will get started. And it's something that if you're not paying attention to the game, you miss so much, you know, you have to be watching oxen free while you're playing it and listening because part of what's explained is what's happening in the background. You know, part of what's going on and explaining kind of the background or the the lore of, of everything or just explaining like what you're supposed to do next is explained by the characters in their own dialogue. And so you got to pay attention. And the same thing is in this game. And so I was a big fan of Oxenfree. And when I saw the um, trailer for this game after party, uh, I was I was actually really excited looking forward to it. I went on Steam thinking that it was on Steam to buy and it was not yet. I was like, well, maybe it's not released yet. And then I saw on uh, <laughs> Xbox, uh, on the Game Pass, that it's that it's one of the games for uh, Game Pass. I was like, well, sweet. So I went ahead and downloaded that and looking forward to playing that as well. This month is big for game releases. So we might as well get into the news. We don't have a whole lot of that and then get into our games. Um, but this is a big month for game releases. Uh but the one that I'm most interested in is the Jedi Fallen Order game. Yeah, it, it looks so month. good. Twenty second is it? Is it twenty second? I think I think so. I think so. Um, it is. Uh, it is. It looks really good, and it and it's uh, it's developed by the same uh, game developer that did Titanfall two. Sweet. Respawn, I believe, and so you know they. That's a quality game, Titanfall 2. And I, I've only played it briefly, and I know you finished it, and you really liked it. Uh, and so, you know, it's got a good pedigree as long as EA can get out of the way and allow them to do their thing. And, and at this point, it's too late. I think the game is gold at this point. It's gone, so it's it's ready to, uh, you know, almost ready for us to, to play. So it is a game I'm looking forward to. Um so that's a that's a little bit of positive news. I don't know what what uh, game news do you have? 
Uh, well, we've got the uh, YouTuber that just got a lifetime Fortnite ban, Faze yeah. Jarvis. Uh, he has 2 million subscribers and he used illegal, well, game illegal, uh, cheat aimbot technology, which allows you to basically headshot people without aiming properly. He did that on a live stream. Now, he didn't do it in a competition, but he did do it in a live stream. Um, I guess some of them are making the case that uh because it wasn't a competition then does it really matter but it does violate the terms of use um and did make it look like he was a better player than he is um which could be misleading um and so it was uh given a perma ban um and i can't really blame them i think you know if you're gonna live stream live stream your actual ability that's my personal right belief well, man, if you're going to live stream, at least for that moment, don't cheat. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible to not do it at that particular moment, but I get it. And it's very short sighted to want to do that cheat and then whatever. I don't know. But I don't I didn't really have sympathy for the person. And although the gaming community has come back, at least, to, you know, maybe some very loud minority group of people just you know not very many people but they happen to be really loud um are mad about this but i just don't see this as being that controversial you know i think it's like it's pretty straightforward fortnite or epic has been pretty straightforward about it too they don't tolerate this it was pretty blatant and the person gets a, a permanent ban yeah it's just it's cheating and and it should be deterred and a lifetime ban to me is not that you made your choice. You made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. So they say. Yeah, no, I no, agree. No sympathy. Um, yeah, so the so that individual is banned for life. Uh, any other um, in this uh, news sandwich? We had we had a we had a a happy piece of bread and then poop put onto it. Now, do we have any other happy to make this sandwich another piece of bread? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, I do, and and uh, at least it's it's. I think it's positive. Uh, if you're a if you're a World of Warcraft fan, BlizzCon uh, just wrapped up this past weekend and released a ton of news, a ton of stuff about gaming. Uh, you know, they they somewhat ineffectively addressed the whole Hong Kong controversy, but uh, they did release uh, trailers and information about pretty much every single one of their IPs. Um, so there was an announcement that Diablo 4 is on its way. Uh, the trailer for that, did you get a chance to check nah. it out? Nah. It is dark. Like, real dark. <laughs> like, like horror movie dark. Um, which is good. That's kind of the nature of the game. It is about the devil and blood sacrifices. And, um, you know, the lore of, of Diablo, I'm not as familiar with, but I'm kind of getting caught up on it. There are a few books out there. There's some lore aficionados that, you know, that are on Blizzard podcasts that I listen to. And so I kind of pick up some things and it's difficult to keep it all separated, you know, because World of Warcraft has such deep lore and then Diablo has a completely different lore and actually Overwatch has its own lore. And so... If you're trying to track all that stuff, it can get a little bit messy. But um, this is this looks like a really good game, and I've always loved Diablo. Um, well, at least two, three, and now four. I didn't play the original. I did play two, three, and four though. And it's just fun. It's it's just a, it's just a fun dungeon crawler, you know, looter, and and it's um, kind of even if I don't even know what the story's about, I just enjoy you know killing things and building my character and killing things and getting new armor and killing things and getting new armor. It's just fun. It's just, it's just something I can log in and do. It's fun. Um, and then, uh, there was overwatch two was released. Did you happen to see this? That I did see. I just remember Jim Sterling saying, and nobody cared. <laughs> see, I hadn't seen it yet. And, and, and he's probably right. I mean, I hadn't, I didn't see that Jim Sterling yet video but I I, uh, I can definitely see that but I'll tell you what I probably would play this one I know I will play this one more than I would play the other one because I'm just not a first person shooter competitive fan I'm just not 
I don't have I don't have time to get good at at that particular genre uh, because it takes lots of reps. It takes lots of practice and and uh, to get really good. And and uh, that one's kind of got a toxic environment if you're not very good. And so I like the idea of Overwatch Two having a PVE portion where I can actually play by myself and there's a story associated with it. That's like basically a single player experience. I'm about that. And so I, I'm willing to, uh, to play that. And so I might. Uh, and then the last thing uh, that they, uh, well, it's not, they announced some Hearthstone stuff, but I've just about gotten Hearthstone out of my system. Um, so I'm not going to really talk about it, but there is a new expansion uh, in the year of the dragon. Um, and they and they they discussed that on there. But what I was most excited about was the new World of Warcraft expansion, um, the Shadowlands. Uh, this is taking the you know the story from Battle for Azeroth to the next step there or the next chapter really, where we follow Sylvanas into, um, you know, or, or a little bit further into her plan, her ultimate plan. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer for this and you're interested in it, it's released, it's online, it's on World of Warcraft's YouTube channel. And, uh, you know, spoiler for that, I guess, <laughs> is is she goes to Ice Crown where Bolvar is sitting and now he is the, um, spoiler alert for a, a nine-year-old expansion to World of Warcraft, uh, you know, Arthas was killed and Bolvar took his place. And so Bolvar's been sitting on the frozen throne for the last nine years. And Sylvanas went up there and kicked his ass and took his helmet, which is the source of most of his his control over the Scourge, and ripped it in half. And which ripped a hole into the Shadowlands, which is where everybody's soul goes when they die. So now you have kind of like this upside down from Stranger Things universe where you, it's not. It's it's almost a parallel, although they're different, different fact, different worlds or different different lands. But when you see the trailer, it looks like the the castle that it almost connects with Ice Crown is upside down, and the you know and 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 so it, it's like there are uh, there's like a companion to various places from the living world in the Shadowlands. And all the lore about that is really interesting, and I'm, I'm, they fixed a lot of the mechanics that uh, were problematic and complained about in, in Battle for Azeroth. I didn't really care. I enjoyed it, but some people were mad at, at the Azerite armor and stuff, um, but they've gotten rid of all that stuff, and, and people are, are excited about it. But one thing I think is interesting, that, and I, they, I think they did this last expansion as well, I'm not sure, but they're not... They're doing a level squish, which means max level is going to be level 60, which is what it was originally. Um, so right now, everybody's character, if you're max level, it's 120. But uh, they're going to do a level squish. But they're also doing, they're, they're also selling the expansion, which is kind of like all of the expansions, for $39. And if you want the expansion plus some cosmetic goodies, uh, it's $60 or $59, which is, you know, general price for most games nowadays. But I just liked that if you wanted just to play the game, it was less, even though it's probably more than it should be. It's less. It's 30 bucks, um, And you can play the expansions. You can uh, you don't get a an automatic... I don't know if you get a 120 character upgrade or not. You can check it. They've got all the the list of, of perks uh, based on which one. Because that's the standard right now is when you buy a game, you've got different tiers. Uh, I just like that they offer a tier that's not like the base price, which is $60 for most games. It's actually 30, 30 bucks. Um, and you can buy that, which is the base game. But if you want, you know, the full price, $59 game you can actually get some other perks if you just want to play it you don't have to spend as much so I thought that was nice um, because Blizzard has lost some goodwill so that was that was an that was that was a a good gesture I guess or I, I applauded it I thought it was nice I'm probably still going to spend the 60 bucks I mean we knew you were going to anyway so no one is surprised by this <laughs> we did this was not a question never a question never a question <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to our main topic, which is we're wrapping up our game. This is our game pitch. So over the last three episodes, we've talked about what we would want in our horror game. And I realize we've passed Halloween, but, you know, Retro Rebel, we do what we want. So, um, but this is still, this is timeless. You could release a horror game in November. Yeah. So. So we've got I've got my pitch ready. I know you've got your pitch ready and and uh we're we'll, we can go we can go topic by topic or or kind of what I was thinking is just give me your pitch, your mechanics, your 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 uh your genre, your scenario, your uh, you know, everything about it kind of all at once so it's more organic, you know, so you don't have to address each thing. Well, you go first cuz I I want to be better than you. So if you go first, I can beat it. <laughs> Okay, that's that's right. Yeah, I always. That's why I always ask you to go first. But I will go first because <laughs> this time, I feel like I've got a I've got a good offering that will be tough to beat. So you'll have to up your game. Um, Ooh, strong words. So, like literally, you have to up your game. Um, the okay. So, the setting. So my game, and I don't have a title for it, but my game is going to be set. In the in the West, but it's gonna so it's gonna be in the Wild West, um, the the pre-industrial late 1800s. So think late 1800s, early 1900s. You're still on horseback. Maybe there's some machines. There's you know there's obviously trains. No cars really, um, and uh, you still have settlements that are out in the middle of nowhere. So it's think Red Dead Redemption really Red Dead. One, I guess, was yeah, it came after. So it's Red Dead One, and uh, you and your companion are Texas Rangers. So you've got these two Texas Rangers that have been traveling. They're out in West Texas or Northwest Texas. If you've ever been there, there's nothing there. There's still nothing there. There's probably been nothing there forever. Um, and so it's just flat and dusty. And uh, you are traveling through torrential rain, and you come upon a city. Or a little village town, you know, you know, one main strip with a number of shops, church on the hill, um, you know, and and uh, so it's torrential rain. It's kind of flooded and muddy. Um, the the uh, the I believe it's the Red River, which runs across the top. It splits Oklahoma and and uh, Texas. We'll say it's flooding, flooding the plains in that area, and so you kind of have to board down. On top of this, you have typhoid. Let's say you have typhoid fever. Okay, so you're you're sick. You're 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 having to bed down. You're two law uh, lawmen, Texas Rangers, having to stop at a town. So the mechanics here, you as as your character, you can build your character to have RPG elements. So you can have charisma. You can have defense. You can have or fortitude. Um, you can, you know, you can have, uh, you can put some of your points in, in, uh, in some of your attacks or weapons or offense, offensive categories, but specifically how, and I've always been a fan of charisma and how charisma and persuade and some of the, for the dialogue options, because dialogue is going to be an important feature, but the dialogue options are going to be affected by your fever. The fever is going to cause hallucinations it's going to cause um you impair your vision impair your hearing so so everything you can be deceived in pretty much every one of your senses if it's not under control and your defense is going to be your resistance to the illness so you can put if you put emphasis there you're not going to be able to put emphasis elsewhere so maybe you aren't able to get as much information but you can withstand the illness a little bit better and uh, throughout the town, you're going to find medicine, various types of medicines and medicines of the time. So maybe you'll get opium, but and maybe it will help with the pain, but it's going to cause other side effects. So you can take these medications, but the medications are going to cause other issues and other, you know, maybe um, other ailments that will affect how you see the world and how the world you and the world interact. And that'll be throughout the town and at, at various places. Um, so that, that whole mechanic for the fever is going to be a, a balancing act, uh, which in the end can cause you to get the worst ending. 
if it's not held under control. Um, so as you're as you come into the town, it's turn of the century Western. You got two characters. They're both Texas Rangers, small town, Northwest Texas. Um, it's flat, raining, flooding. So once you get to the town, you can't leave. Um, and you and you come into the saloon because that's generally where you would stay, and they would have the rooms. Uh, and you get your your exposition from the bartender. The bartender tells you you're welcome to stay. Maybe gives you a dose of medicine to kind of open up that mechanic and let you know this is what you're going to need uh, to you know to kind of stave off the symptoms. Uh, but then he's going to tell you about what's going on in the town. And lucky you showed up. We've had some really strange things happen, you know. And and uh, yesterday there was this murder, and the murder is unusually grisly, uh, ritualistic. Um, almost seems like uh, it was inhuman, like something else had done it. And uh, some, you know, maybe something otherworldly or supernatural. And, you know, as a lawman, you, you take it upon yourself to try to do what you can to help the town. Um, and uh, so you don't get to rest, but you do get to start on your journey. So you, you have options. You can go throughout the town in any order that you want, uh, depending on kind of where you are and how you've built your character. Um you, it will dictate kind of where you go first or where you feel like you need to go first. You might go to the doctor's office. You might go to the church. You might go to the 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 shop uh, or the armory or the, you know, whatever else there can be. And there, there are a few. There's probably half a dozen, if not a dozen, um, actual residences that where you can visit and, and, and interact and talk to the people. And you're going to have to repeat conversations or at least repeat visits to these places based on the information that you get. But if you don't have your fever under control, the dialogue options that you get and the face faces that you see start to contort. They, you know, you start to see visions of either ghosts or demons. Their faces start to to change and and so you you're not sure what's real and what's not real. And I think that even the fourth wall will be broken where you're like much like what they did in um oh what's the 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 GameCube game that oh where basically they would it would blue screen on you and and uh, oh I've got to find out now Eternal Darkness okay so Eternal Darkness is uh was a great game where you kind of skipped around through time and um and and but it was it was also kind of a Lovecraftian Cthulhu taking over your mind. See, I don't want to do that. That's kind of been over overdone the last few years. I want it to seem like it's demonic. I want it to seem like it's based on old gods and you going insane. But I want it to be based kind of in the real world is you're seeing these things, but it's because the fever is affecting your brain. And you you don't know that it's not those things. And and the player won't know that except for the fact that I just spoiled it. The, the, the point being, though, is that as you're playing it, you don't know if like this whole town is haunted and this whole town is corrupted by evil or or what. Um, and so, like I said, you get your exposition dialogue, your exposition from the saloon. Um, the doc has medicine. Um, and and uh, as you begin to go throughout the town and, and you're and you're working on these dialogue choices and you're in your gathering information to try to figure out who it is. Ultimately your ability to withstand the illness, to get information from people based on your ability to maneuver the, you know, the, the illness as well as dialogue and, and uh, will determine whether or not you figure out who did it, whether you get killed yourself, whether you are ultimately the one that ends up killing people because you start hallucinating and end up, uh, if you don't get it under control, you see things that you feel like you have to kill, and then you end up becoming the the monster. So, thoughts? I think that it sounds really cool. I would play for the ending where I'm the bad guy, because I sort of right. like that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> at least in this context. I like that the world's not overwhelming. You know, like, it's a very manageable right. size. And that probably means that the loading screens wouldn't be crazy, which is really important to me because I have the attention span of an actual gnat um, right. and find myself doing 
other things uh, when loading screens are long. So uh, a quick loading screen would be quite enjoyable uh, for me. Um, if you could figure out a way to make the loading screen be seamless. I mean, because ideally, it's so yeah. Small. Ideally. Yeah, it would be like opening the door or something like they would do with, with Resident Evil. Whereas you go to open the door, that is the loading screen, and it lets you go to the next place. Um, because it is, you're right, it is a small contained world. Yeah. So for me, that would be sort of what I, what I would want um, is is almost no loading screens. I like the idea of um, bringing in a sort of we happy few esque pill or no pill uh, matrixy right. sort of choice. I think that's quite cool. And yeah, sounds like a winner to me, man. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think it could. And and like I think that's a good a good point is with the medication. If you take it, you, st- you know, especially because maybe you're not going to get the pure stuff. Maybe you're going to get something else that might improve some of the symptoms but have side effects. So fighting through the illness, you might get more genuine dialogue options, but the rest of the world may crumble or melt or whatever. And then uh, but if you do take the medication and it ends up um, you know, skewing maybe the way that you see the world or the way you hear something and, and you have to decipher and interpret that stuff. So, yeah. So what about you? Well, for me, my game would be this little boat of mine and it would be a post-apocalyptic submarine undersea horror adventure. Um, with an emphasis on the adventure, there's lots of player choice. Um, I would want it to have um, a sense of desperation, isolation. I want it to have some status meters that come into play based on environmental effects. So if the food stockpiles on your submarine run low, then you start to become affected by hunger. If the uh, water desalination stops working on your submarine, then you start to be affected by thirst. Um, I want your sense of adventure to be tempered by your fear of the unknown. So if you find yourself wandering into places where there might be giant squid or big old sharks or maybe other survivors that you're not ready to meet, I want you to feel that sense of dread and doom and maybe make you turn around until you're ready for it. Um, And to spice that up, there's the possibility of permadeath. You know, if you ignore the warning signs, then you could end up having to start over from scratch. Um, That's not to say the game would be terribly hard in and of itself. It's more not paying attention to the clues the game is giving you that would cause the permadeath situation to happen. I want there to be um, really substantial intercharacter where similar to L.A. Noir, you need to look for clues as to what the person's saying, how they're acting, whether or not you should invite them to join your flotilla. I mean, the ultimate goal is to survive and have a successful flotilla um, during some sort of epic end encounter. Um, and so if you bring the wrong people into your flotilla and you're not looking after their mental health or their physical health, then you could have you know, boat-wide, flotilla-wide um, plagues, outbreaks, murders, suicides, all that sort of thing, um, which is very, you know, this little war of mine-esque. Um, and then the overall goal is to get you to become equally desperate for companionship but worrisome of the other people that you meet and interact with and get you to think logically about your exploration you know do you need more uh, food right well then maybe you need to go to the mid-level and look for plant life algae to harvest maybe you need to um, research uh, shipwrecks and find out how to create hydroponics and things like that I want people to have to use their brain to learn how to survive um, unlike Ark Survival Evolved which is a game that I recently downloaded and played that just sort of plumped you in and you immediately got killed by a level 150 dinosaur um, <laughs> I, I want the challenges to evolve 
with the character you know I want the chances you get better for things to become a little bit more challenging but not like overly so um, and then lastly you know I really want to touch on themes of loneliness and the need for companionship and mental health um, and for it to be more of a cerebral sort of atmospheric horror as opposed to a jump scary type horror is it first person you said yeah it's first person but it's first person in the same way that uh the outer worlds is you know it's more of an adventure right. rpg horror like than Soma. it is yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah and and uh i know i didn't mention kind of like what you were talking about how the dynamics of your party can have an effect on the game i the dynamics of your party you you don't just have this partner the partner you and the partner eventually have to split up you both have different skills and you both are able to uh, the one partner maybe doesn't have the same set of skills or isn't as powerful or, or can't do everything that the say the main texas ranger can um or your main character um maybe they're better at stealth or maybe whatever it is um but you will have to split up, and they will—you will have to use their specific char- character traits um, in different circumstances to achieve certain goals. But there are lots of ways to go about getting the information, getting supplies, uh, sneaking around, and following maybe the killer or killers. Um, yeah. So anyway, I—I I think we've got two solid games here and a good nebulous uh, premise. That will definitely get us paid one day. I agree. And uh, royalties, if anyone uses any of these ideas, I'm coming for you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's good. Well, that wraps up basically our game pitch. I think that we've got two solid games, horror games, um, that uh, I would actually like to play. Um, I like the idea of the adventure portion of the game that those are the kind of horror games that I am better at playing. I like watching all of them though. So I think my game might creep me out uh, a little bit too much. Maybe I wouldn't be able to play either of them. That's probably where we're at. <laughs> I mean, the second a big squid comes in, I don't know. You don't, you're not keen nope. on monsters that's with big eyes. That's about one of my favorite. Yeah. That's one of my least favorite things. So. <laughs> oh man. Well, that wraps up this episode of retro rebel game cast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion. All of the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later. Thank you.